Uh, now let's quickly talk about the development side. Uh, you have said that triggers. Like, uh, can you tell me like what is trigger and what are the types of trigger? Okay, so trigger uh, is like a, a way of automating different processes in Salesforce, and they are written in Apex language, and uh, like they can be of different types, like before, after. So basically, trigger is something like uh, we are triggering the Apex code on some condition. So if like there's an apex trigger on some conditions or some events, some events, sorry, 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 some events. Okay. Some event. So event can be insert, update, and delete, and also undelete, and it can be before and after. So that way, total there are seven scenarios for each trigger, and it is recommended that uh, there should be one trigger per object, and uh, all we should create trigger keeping in mind the governor limits of Salesforce. Okay, so what are the types of trigger? Uh, like there can be seven total context. No, no, before. those are context variable. I'm talking about types. Before and after. after. Okay, when you will use after and before? Like when you will use after trigger? Um, if I talk about like after insert, so whenever we require no, no, the no. ID. Um, uh, you are talking about a particular context. I'm saying that. When you will use after event and when you will use before event in general terms. Okay, okay. In general terms, uh, like if we want to do something before of some event, like before inserting, we want that email field of context should be updated with some XYZ value. Then it will be done in before. And uh, suppose we want to do something after particular event. Then it will be done after triggers. Like, no, no, that is uh, that is like you are saying that if um, I wanted to use uh, like uh, th this answer is like partner community is used for partners and customer community is used for customers, mm -hmm. right? And I'm, I'm saying like uh, how you will decide. Suppose that I uh, let me give you an example here. I wanted to update an account field, the description field, whenever that account is created. Which event you will use here? Before, okay. Uh, how you had decided like before you will use? Mm, so I took the uh, scenario and I understood it. And as it is updating the same record in which it is there, so we will have to use the before only. Okay. You say um, here you said like it is updating the same record, and yeah. we don't need to do the DML again to update the same record. That's yes, right. Yes. Now let me give you another scenario here. I wanted to update the account field description okay based on the parent account description like whatever the description field is there on the parent account it should be the value should be there on the child account as well the same value which which trigger event you will use here before or after so it is the same account object only and parent is also account right yeah it is self relationship so basically what you need to do is whenever a new account is created, you need to copy the description from the parent account to the child account. And this can also be done in before only. And how you will do this? Mm, so like uh, whenever the, we will writing the before insert trigger or we, you want, we want before update also? No, just before okay. insert. Before insert. So it before insert and there will be a field for account ID account ID on that record, mm -hmm. we will be creating a list 
of all the account IDs which we have to bulkify the code and then we will query all the parent accounts and uh, we will iterate the parent accounts and the trigger dot new and match the account IDs like account ID of the uh, so the parent account of the uh, in, from a trigger dot new parent account and the parent account list ID will be matching and from that we can fetch the description of parent account and put it into trigger dot new okay cool now there is one scenario i have to develop a roll up summary trigger whenever account is uh, a contact is created under an account created or updated or deleted and deleted anything is happening on contact record i wanted to update the related account which trigger scenario you will use here uh, we will be requiring if you want to create roll up summary we require after insert after update and after delete and uh, after and delete now the question is why after uh, why after so why after because we actually want to be sure that the event has happened okay but even if i do this using before that will also work Before like if you are thinking about if you are thinking about the error if there is any error you wanted to roll back then the error will roll back in both the cases either before or after event yeah mm. i'm not sure about the answer okay so basically the previous two scenarios were easy and then you were able to pick the before and then this time you're not able to find uh, like either before and after right so basically you're right it should be always an after you're also right we wanted to make sure that the event has happened the entry has been made to the passbook okay whatever the entry you are trying to made into the table that has been made then you wanted to count and now the question for why after because the reason is that in case of before there might be some other operations which are running on the same records like some external integration, some uh, external APIs. Uh, you might have some other processes running on like process builder flows. Then you might get, you probably might get into the error called, oh. that is record, uh, record lock, unable to lock row. Okay. So basically that's why when you go to the after insert, you have to do the query, you have, you have your own records. Now, as you have your own records, you're not working on the same record or the same process which the other processes are also working on. Okay, I got it. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, can I make a call out from an Apex trigger? No, you have to call it from different. You can't make call out. Suppose that I have a requirement. I have to do that. How can I do that? Mm, pardon? So, Suppose that my customer is saying that I have to use an Apex trigger and then I have to make the call out. Okay, How? so you have to use it in a future method. So you will be calling the future method from the Apex code, from the Apex trigger. What are the properties of a future method? So future method, they are executed asynchronously. Mm, so basically this is the main feature of a future method that they are executed asynchronously means the code 
will not wait for the future code response and it will move ahead okay so can i return something from a future method no it 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 has to be void why it can't return anything yeah because as i said it is the asynchronous method so it will execute asynchronously and if we have a return then return type then the code will have to stop for the response which is not in case of the future method so code will execute ahead and future method will be executed in parallel with our apex code parallel uh, uh, parallel means it will not be uh, executed in flow of our code uh, it will be executed differently than our apex code by parallel like uh, before uh, or after uh, it can be with or after means it is not decided that it will be when it will be running okay cool so what, what are the difference be, what are the difference between future keyable and batch apex okay so batch apex it is like for uh, bulk bulk uh, update or bulk insert type and future is like generally used for like callouts and queueable okay. uh, means like uh, when uh, you will use future and when you will use batch when you will use queueable so future like uh, if you want to do some callout from a uh, apex trigger okay. then we use future can i uh, can't i use queueable here in place of future mm, we can use okay then what's the use of future now actually queueable it takes one record per time actually queueable and takes one record and feature more than one oh it actually i'm confused but um future it doesn't take list of records but it can take ids right set of ids i'm not sure about this question okay so basically uh, future is not only for making the caller from the trigger future can also use uh, used to avoid the error called mixed dml operation yes yes okay when we talk about feature it is mainly for the less number of records like one or two records you are processing at a time when we talk about queueable queueable is mainly used for as its name indicates for a kind of making a chain when you wanted to decide like this process should be executed after this and then after this okay you can make okay. a chain and then you can also monitor the record using queueable and when we talk about batch as you said that this is the bulkification where you have to process the millions of billions of record then you can use batch effects yeah. okay so what are the limitations of future and how few, uh, these limitations are getting resolved by queueable effects like uh, in future we cannot change the processes because the order is not decided which future method will be running when Mm-hmm. And in queueable, we can decide that order of execution, like you told about the chain. Okay. Any other problem that you have? And, uh... No. Okay. So basically, it is uh, like uh, there, there has future has three problems, which is resolving. Like resolved by queueable. Number one is we cannot pass s object inside future methods. Okay. okay. And then number two is we cannot chain, and number three is that yeah. we cannot monitor future. 
monitor okay yeah monitoring okay so okay. these are the three things so there is one like code i have written which is making a call out and uh, that code is working fine when i am making a like i am executing the code from the anonymous window okay okay and uh, that code is not working when i am putting the same code inside the execute method of uh, my batch apex what could be the issue uh we have to use add allow callout in batch class then it will allow to execute the uh, what we need to use uh, add the allow oh, sorry uh, annotation for allow callout in batch is there any annotation for batch apex to allow the callouts yeah no we don't have in batch we can like uh, you call callouts we can do in batches also we can do that but we don't have any annotation uh, sorry sorry annotation not we have to implement the interface implement allow callout okay that is database dot allows callout yeah database dot allows it implements okay, okay. Uh, now what are the different interfaces you have used in batch packs one is this only like database dot allow callout and uh, database dot batchable because it is batch okay any other interface you have used um, on this two only okay uh, have you used database dot stateful oh yeah i have used means i have just used it from trailer not in practical in some project means i know the reason of stateful okay okay so no like database dot stateful uh, i can tell like if you want to monitor the batch class execution you can use database dot stateful so the state will be maintained a state for which the trigger the batch no batch your cells the batch state or the variables so like uh, there is a uh, we defined a we want to count the number of record that are being inserted that, that's okay my question is the okay. state of batch variables or the class what uh, it does uh, it store variable variables variables okay so you're right the database dot stateful is mainly used for uh, maintaining the state of the variable across the methods yeah. how many callouts can i make using uh, apex uh, basically batch apex 100 100 from a batch apex or from every yeah. method mm, from batch apex like each chunk should have size of 100 if you are executing a callout for in batch apex okay and uh, how many callouts can i make from a simple apex from a simple apex uh, i think it's 50 but i'm not sure about the number okay so basically it's 100 in simple apex simple transaction and when it comes to batch apex then it becomes 100 from each methods and okay, when so it, it is 100 both the times no uh, it is 100 but when we uh, when we talk about uh, execute method it takes 100 for each chunk okay yeah 100 for each chunk okay yeah yeah so uh, what kind of integration you have implemented uh, so i had a um, custom object named city in which there was a temperature field and uh, like my client had around uh, uh, more than 1000 records of this object and they wanted to update the temperature every day at 7 pm est when the, there was a weather api from which i got the data of weather every day okay what was the api uh, like either it, it is it was rest or soap rest 
how did you know that it is a rest actually i had got through their documentation and uh, they had different methods like get put post and so, so from that i yeah, was able to this, these are methods are there in soap as well um actually like there was a documentation of that api so that was like rest so okay that. so basically to identify uh, the api is rest or not okay so okay. if your api is accepting any format rather than xml then it is a rest api Okay. And if your API is only accepting XML, then it's a SOAP API. SOAP, okay, XML. What was the authentication of the API? Uh, it was access token based. Okay. How did you get the access token? So, like, uh, there was, uh, uh, like, the API was already made, and we had to register, and on email, I got the access token, and that access token I had to use with that API. Okay. Have you worked on Auth two integration? Yeah, I have worked with Auth two while integrating Google. How does Auth two works? Uh, so for Auth two, I actually used the name credential in Salesforce, and uh, like Auth two works like if we enter the credential and uh, is it uh, one step or two step verification? User uh, interference is required. One time it's required initially. Uh-huh. and then if we get a token then it is not required so like uh, i had to create a app in uh, google account and mm-hmm. i got the security token and id and that i used in name credential uh, and uh, authentic authenticator i think yeah auth provider auth provider yeah auth provider and name credential and using that it was done once so i had to enter the id and password and that uh, id and token once and then i got the auth token and it was like authenticated then i was able to call the google apis using that auth provider in apex mm-hmm. okay hmm. what are the benefits of name credentials name credentials uh, like uh, we can store uh, the username password without exposing them okay any other benefit name credential that's it okay know. so basically it does take care of all the remote chat settings and all oh yeah okay uh, what is the use of a state parameter in auth 2.0 which which parameter state mm, i don't know okay so basically state parameter is used to make our api call more secure so that uh, we can prevent our request call from the intruders while getting the access token okay. okay so what we do is we send a state parameter to the authorization server and then authorization server returns the same state parameter to us so if the state has been modified in between that means the request has been compromised if the state is same that means the request is safe oh okay 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 Yeah. So uh, that is about from the integration part, and now we have uh, Roit with us. He'll be asking the questions on JavaScript and all about. Um, Roit, you are on. Hey, Anirudh. Yeah, hi, Roit. Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, so, do you uh, like? Can you uh, tell me a little about? So, you have experience with Aura, or does it also include LWC, or just purely Aura? Uh, 
no actually i have just experience on aura component and lwc i only know the basic so very basic only means i have created a hello world lighting web component and i have connected my org and everything but i am so, not expertise in lwc but then you would at least uh, know uh, about the javascript right considering in aura we are writing yeah. the javascript yes sir okay, i'll start with uh, very basic questions can you tell me uh, what is the purpose of helper file I mean, like when we create an aura component right there is a controller js and then there is also a helper js right what's the use of helper js okay so helper js is like uh, used for usability of our code if you like uh, if we are using our aura component in some uh, other component then we can use the code from our helper in that component also and from controller we cannot use that code in different aura component what does it mean if i put cacheable equals to true uh, with aura enabled what does that means mm, so like uh, if uh, the cacheable is true then the cache caching service will be enabled for the component which means if the uh, data is already present with the lighting component then apex won't execute again for the same lighting component if the data is passed if the same data is being passed okay. how would the framework know if the same data is being passed or do uh, i need to call it how like it uh, if we are having a method in uh, apex which return list of accounts okay 10 limit 10 then there will always be same list of accounts okay what if you had done say uh, uh say you had done select id comma name from account and then you did limit 10 and then you also ordered by last modified date okay so you get a set of 10 accounts but then somebody added few more accounts into the system so then now the list changes right so yeah, how would it take care of it i'm like would the method keep on getting called would the framework take this decision or you can control it um, i'm not sure about this uh, can you tell me uh, so whatever date so uh, let's assume that you have a method with or at the rate aura enabled and cacheable is true right no. and uh, i am doing a uh, say a dml in this method would i get okay. any error or would it be just like i will be able to do it so let's assume the method is public <laughs> static uh, void update account and i'm passing say id of the account and what i'm doing is i'm just writing it and putting the changing the name of it and then i'm just doing update account and the method is annotated with that that it are enabled cacheable is true and i'm calling it from my helper uh, in case of in case of only on enabled there will be no issue okay while doing this uh, and uh, i'm not sure about the cacheable equal to true thing Means so i haven't i haven't worked a lot with the cacheable part Okay. Okay. Can you tell me uh, what type of events do we have in Aura, and what is their purpose? And like, when do I use which one? Uh, event, uh, like application event. Okay. And component events, right? That okay. you are asking. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. So application event means uh, it will be executed for all the components present in inside an application, and component it will be. Only particular to the component which is directly linked to that component. Okay, can you elaborate a little on this? Uh, okay, so in application, it will be passed for all the component that are part of the framework actually. Okay. And in component, there will be like specifically only to one component. 
so suppose there is a parent and child so if event is there in child then it will be only limited to its own parent only okay i'll give you a two scenarios can you tell me what you would use so you have a parent a and then you have a parent a is a component and then you have two components under it uh, child b and child c Okay. How would I communicate between child B and child C? Like, if I want to send some data from this case, we have to use application event. No. Uh, mm -hmm. Anything uh, occurring in any of the child, child B or child C, it will be across all the components of that application. Uh, do you know how can a parent call a, a function or set an attribute value on a child? Can a parent do that on a child? Yeah, we can do it. So we can do using like we, when we are calling the component, we can pass the attribute value also of that component okay. from the parent. Also, we can use aura method. Okay. So do you think do you think uh, rather than firing an application event from B to C, I could have gone with the route of firing a component event from B to A, and then parent setting up the attribute or maybe a method on. To the different child, see, would that work? B to A. Yes, that can work, but uh, it will be long process, I think. So it's not recommended, but it can work. Okay. Okay. The other thing is, uh, what if? So we had parent, and then we had child B and child C, right? Yes. What if I also have a grandparent? Okay. I'm like a parent of a parent A. Okay. Now child B wants to communicate to the grandparent. How would I do that? Child B to child, uh, sorry, grandparent, right? Child to a grandparent. How would I do a communication? Uh, I think in this case, uh, the we can use the component event in this also. Okay, how would I do that? Uh, because like component will be traced to the top of the tree if you consider it as a tree. So we can use component event here also. Okay, so so you are saying it would bubble up. Bubble and capture two are there. Capture it is. Uh, it it will bubble, yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, what happens in that capture phase? So in capture, what happens is suppose the hierarchy is D is the grandparent and A is the parent and B and C are child. In capture from B child. Will directly go to the parent, topmost parent. Then it will flow downwards. Okay. And in capture, it will be like B to A, then A to D. So from B to parent and parent to grandparent. Okay. Let's move a little to the JavaScript. Do you know what are callback functions? Yeah. Can you explain me a little? So callback uh, is like we do to call the server method from our Aura component. It is also type of callback only. So our code will stop there till the responses response we get from the server. So our code code will be stopped. So it can be considered as a callback function only. But I mean code execution will be stopped till we get the response. So that's okay. Can you uh, elaborate on what are callback functions in JavaScript? I didn't get it. I think. Okay. So like uh, if you want to call a Apex method from a mm -hmm. or a component. Okay. From our helper, suppose we are calling a Apex method, mm -hmm. so we will make use of callback function. So what happens in callback? The function will be the Apex method will be called, and our code execution will stop till the response is 
gathered from the server so for for the aura component the server is the apex class so when the response will come from the apex then the code execution will move ahead so it is example of a callback function do you also know what are promises uh yeah i know about promises but only theory knowledge okay can you tell me uh so promise is like a, a advanced version of callback feature uh okay. so in promise uh, there is like a that two terms exactly i'm not remembering it currently so promise can have two responses two types of responses one is for the success and one for the failure and it waits till the response is achieved i have not and used promise but i have used async await so it is more more advanced version of uh, promise okay uh, but i want to go back a little so like you said callback you used to call an apex and it was an asynchronous call so does that means callback is also an asynchronous function and promise is also for asynchronous no and if no no actually callback is for synchronous function and like so callback cannot be asynchronous no so even if i call uh, a callback function from an asynchronous method like set timeout would it still be synchronous mm, i'm not sure about this okay okay so callbacks I'll, i'll tell you a little about it considering this is very important so callback functions are nothing these are the functions that are being passed as a parameter into another functions and callback themselves are not neither synchronous nor asynchronous it depends on where they are being passed for example if you are passing them into a say an array function uh, say a splice or some other array function then they are acting as a synchronous function as because as soon as it's running it's going to give you the answer but if it gets passed into an asynchronous function like set timeout then they will okay. act like an asynchronous because the function that they are being passed into as a parameter are asynchronous in themselves okay so uh, the async uh, sorry the callback which we use in uh, the helper and which we call the server side controller it is uh, synchronous what do you think uh, according to me it's synchronous and that for that reason i told about synchronous because the code waits for the response so so if so as i said it depends on the function that is yeah. being passed into so that's the, that's there lies the answer they themselves are not neither synchronous or asynchronous so we cannot call them that way okay um yeah so <clears throat> in the meantime what is the difference between application event and uh, component event yeah the the application event uh, as i told like it is for the complete application and component it is for its own side of the tree if you consider the complete component structure as a tree mhm so how you will uh, like uh, consider which component event you need to use um so like if you want to converse between uh, two childs of same level mhm we will be using application event in that case and if you want to pass data only to the parent then we will use the component event okay so basically i am going to give you a scenario here suppose that uh, just consider the same scenario which you got from rohit okay and uh, in case of like suppose that uh, i have two components which are related with each other using parent child okay 
uh, now where i wanted to use application event is there anything which is preventing me to use application event instead of parent i'm sorry instead of component event um, so component event are considered no, faster saying, as compared to uh, i'm saying that i wanted to use application event is there anything which is preventing me to use application event even if the components are related with each other no you can use okay then why we should like why salesforce has given us two options they should have given us only application uh, event i think the component event are faster enough than application event maybe that's the case i'm not sure about this but okay so basically and there are two things one uh, you already said these are faster the other thing is that security when we use application event okay most of the components are listening what uh, there might be thousand number of components who are listening to the same event and if i'm sending a sensitive data the security can be can be breached yeah, yeah. yes so yes. the security is the key consideration and then the other part is performance okay yep uh, yeah rohit you go ahead uh can you tell me uh, what decorators are there in lwc decorators are like adderet api and adderet track okay and do you know what's the difference actually don't know about them a lot anything mm, like uh, what i have studied i think it like api adderet api used for two way binding of the variable which we declare means the change in javascript code it is reflected directly on the component side uh, or sorry the html side using adderet api okay and, and uh, adderet yeah. track uh, that i don't remember okay. because i have just used them once only okay i'll tell you so adderet track is to make so the two way binding that's that's uh, not correct adderet track is to make a property uh, reactive but the property is private that is as soon as the property changes it will re-render your ui but send adderet adderet track right but recently what salesforce has done is adder a track is no more required if you are making a primitive uh, data type unless oh. you go for say an array or an object you need to use the adder a track otherwise all the properties are by default reactive now okay and adder a api adder a api is for to make uh, to expose your property uh, as a public property so that a parent can come or can set an attribute on a child or can call a function directly mm-hmm. on a child it's to publicly expose it okay 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 can you uh, i'm thinking what else i can ask you and so anything okay do you know anything uh, else in lwc which i could ask or uh, in lwc like uh, i have just actually set up the vs code okay, means so the only the basic module which is there for lwc the hello world one okay, okay so that's fine we'll not go to lwc then Can you tell me uh, how would I uh, fire an application event? Uh, so we have to create an event okay, from true. like if we are in developer console, file new lightning resource, mm-hmm. and from there the we will no from new and we will create the event, and from there we can choose the event type. Okay, and how would I now use it? Uh, like uh, suppose we are firing the application event, then mm-hmm. from where you are pa- firing, you will have to register that event. and where you want the data of that event you have to use handler of that event okay do i need to register an application event uh, yes you yeah you have to register it and how, how do i fire an application event 
so we can fire it from controller okay how do i do that so suppose like we have registered the event inside a component and suppose we are having a button and on click of button a function is called and inside the function we can uh, uh, call the event and wherever we will handling the event it will carry the parameters and all with that event file itself event uh, data object you can see so what i'm what i'm trying to ask is how how would you fire an event so like you said uh, i will have a button up on the click of it i'll say okay fire this function from my helper class yes. now you are on that function how would you fire this application event and how would you set parameters on there so we will get the uh, we write the code uh, like if you are having the component the component dot get and evt dot whatever is the name is it is it component dot get for application event as well yes okay do you think it's dollar a dot get dot c colon okay i am not uh, like remembering the syntax exactly but uh, yes i have used it so so can you tell can you tell me what is this dollar a that we use like nq action and like how i said it's also used for application event what is this dollar a that i don't but i have just used it directly can i know so dollar a is to access the underlying aura framework i'm like all these actions like entering actions getting application events that's that's how i we use dollar a so it's like a uh, that they have given us how we can access their underlying framework that's how that's why we use it and that's how that's the utility around dollar a okay so like all the things of aura can be used using dollar a somewhere somewhat like that right not necessarily that doesn't mean that So I'm like when you say all the things, what do you mean by all the things? Means what, like what? the action or the event. So mm. events we already do because the uh, application events are from the framework, so that's why we do it. Components events are related to your component, that's why I'm doing component dot get. Enqueuing action is also again that's when I call my Apex classes, I have to enqueue all of them, right? That's again at the framework level. That's why that's why I'm doing dollar a dot enqueue. Yeah. Okay. So I, Amit, I think uh, we are pretty much done.